Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father God, we thank you for the good things you bring our way. Father, I just pray right now for all those who are hurting, who have felt like they've been forgotten, Father. They're asking, do you hear them? Do you see them? Do you know what's going on in their lives, Father? That you would just let them draw close to you, Father. They'd be able to feel your manifest presence, that they would know you hold them dearly, Father, and that you love them beyond measure, Father, that they would be able to reach out to you, to speak out in faith and say, I can't go on, help me, Lord. And however they want to phrase it, that they would be able to cling to you, to hold fast to you, to know that you are there for them in a way that no other person can be. We thank you for them and we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two very important things that you are prayed for and you are loved deeply. Um, as always, for all the links, for all the things, you can check us out at buddywalkwithjesus.com. You can find the link for the Facebook page, the Discord server, as well as our store. Um, and very importantly, if you are in need of prayer, do not hesitate to reach out. Prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. No strings attached, just honest prayer. I want to go with a thought that I've been having. And uh, we've talked about forgiveness, but what does it mean as far as restorative and how it affects advancing the kingdom of God? Uh, sometimes we just think of forgiveness as something I do and then it's done. We don't see it having life after that. So I was kind of like wanting to, to push that thought around and see what comes out of it. You know, if, Joe, you yourself have offered forgiveness to someone and then saw a restoration or a new beginning because of that action. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely have. Um, I have seen firsthand what kind of restoration can come from both sides of the forgiveness equation, right? I think it's easy to think of the recipient of, um, you know, the forgiveness, the apology, whatever, maybe the person that was wronged. That's, that's the natural thought to gravitate towards. But with the, per with the person on the other side of the coin, that is them bearing out the their desire to make it right you know if it's done correctly you know you can it's very easy to you know hey i'm sorry and then go back to it and then sorry and go back to it that's something different but honest forgiveness and the act of giving forgiveness and the act of receiving forgiveness bears impact on both people involved yeah i agree with that there's an interesting thing, and there are a lot of verses that say the same thing. 
and um, I'm going to pick a couple of them that are similar and try to just read to them very quickly. Uh, Matthew 6, 14 says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Colossians 3, 13, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive any who offend you. Remember the Lord forgave you and you must forgive others. And then uh, Luke 6, 37, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. I... I I wanted to point out that forgiveness is something that God does. And if we forgive, we are taking on a trait that he has. Um, and we want to do that wherever we can, in any, any aspect of our lives. If we're willing to forgive somebody, and the concept of forgiveness may not be as clear as some people think. And so I'm going to step back and, and try to explain what forgiveness is the example that God gives us. You know, there's other human examples, um, but God does it in a way that is a restorative work. With salvation, we are forgiven of our sins. And we know that Christ is the supreme sacrifice once and for all. So therefore we are new. That is a complete work in of itself, that forgiveness that God does. There are acts that we do on a daily basis where we may wrong somebody or somebody wrongs us. Those are sins that we want to bring before or the Lord and saying, you know what? I'm holding this against somebody because they did something against me. Or I am holding this um, act that I perpetrated against someone, so I'm not gonna ask for forgiveness. So we're actually creating this kind of barrier of willfulness. And in the examples that we see in these verses, God is saying, you know what? Forgive each other. Realize, like in 13, excuse me, Colossians 3, 13, make allowance for each other's fault. That's a, a well-put way of saying, you know what? People are human. People are going to make mistakes. Forgive them. Because if you don't forgive them, you're closing yourself off to the Lord. There's not this free flow that's going on where you're able to enter in because you have this animosity towards somebody. So you're actually holding yourself back. And that your transformative relationship with God gets impeded. I think for a lot of us, it's hard. It's hard to forgive. A lot of times it's because we don't see it how the Lord does it. We see it how a human would do it. You know, and we've seen people forgive us and then throw it in our face. So we think that's the natural pattern or method to do. You know, I'm going to forgive you this one time, but I'm going to remind you when you do it wrong. Or, you know, um, one of the other things is, there are people who make repetition, repetitive mistakes. They do the same thing over and over. 
and they're always asking forgiveness, but there's no change. And there's actually a, a verse in Matthew, uh, two verses actually, let me get that up. Matthew 21, 22, it says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me seven times? And Jesus responded, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And that's basically saying always forgive them. And when you read this on the surface, you're thinking they're going to get away with murder. But if you're thinking about the kingdom work, what's the transformation in you that occurs because you're following that 70 times seven? So, Joe, I would ask you, if you're forgiving the way Jesus intends, 70 times seven, what do you think the transformative work in you would be? I want to answer that. I want to start off answering that with a verse that stood out to me that I that that I've read today. Mark eleven twenty five, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Okay, you were talking about the this um, I'll call it a spiritual roadblock that gets put up when you hold on to to something don't forgive somebody something those kinds of things i think there's that there's a couple of different dimensions to that but i think part of that is when we hold animosity towards somebody of some kind we are harboring ill will whether or not it's it, we perceive it to be large or small or what what how we perceive it or if even if we perceive it to be justified, we are still holding on to negative emotion towards a person. And that overtly um, flies in the face of, of the gospel. That stands in direct opposition with, with the gospel. So to answer your question, when we go through the process of honest forgiveness, you know, we we have there's a couple of different things that are happening to to the person. They are shedding the the weight of holding on to that, the burden of what happened, and trusting God with it. You know, I think it's natural for humans especially humans that have an increased sense of personal justice, you know, their own barometer of, a, we all have as humans an, in, an innate sense of justice, no matter how skewed it may be. But some people have the volume turned pretty high on that one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you said you wouldn't share that. <laughs> right. Right. So I think it is easy to think that we are doing the right thing by holding somebody else's feet to the fire and and holding on to that because if i don't hold on to that then how do i know that you're going to get yours and that's something that goes down into a different uh thought process that i'm sure later on we're going to touch on what you say is interesting and as soon as you started talking about it, it touched off in me, a, a verse came up, 
But before I say the verse, and it's popular, everybody will know it. The thought is, what are we holding on and to by unforgiveness and the lack of restorative work of unforgiveness? What are we let not receiving in that hand? And it went, my mind went immediately to the fruit of the Spirit. And Galatians 5.22.23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. So if we have unforgiveness, what happens to that fruit of the Spirit that He's trying to produce in our lives? It seems to me it gets choked out. And, and there are three of the, of the attributes of the fruit in our lives that I think speak directly to unforgiveness, love, patience, self-control. These things for us open an opportunity to see, you know, do have I really forgiven that person? Can I think of them without having that reaction? You know, do I love them? Do I love them the way Christ would love them? You know, do am I controlling my emotions in a way that is surrender? I don't want to say control in a way that it's a work, but almost like it's not there. There's no rise of that inside of you. And the patience, knowing that we have to endure all things, because yeah. um, love endures all things. So if we are doing this, we can see this, the fruit of the Spirit, grow more in our lives. And that is much better than holding on to something that blocks us from what God wants to give us. He wants to give us his riches. And I'll define riches for me personally would be the attributes of God, more of him, to be like him, to enjoy his presence. And I know when I feel like I'm blocked, uh, when I'm dry, somebody will say, I, I feel like I haven't heard the Lord speak, you know, um, and I can't get into my Bible. Uh, you know, there may be other things that are, but sometimes you'll say this because you're blocked. You just can't. And there's that initial thing that's going on on a level. Sometimes you don't want to look at it. And sometimes it's on the cusp of consciousness of where you're at. So the question is, for me is, am I enjoying the fruit of the spirit? Is there unforgiveness? Now, I've had people do some major things to me. And you believe it or not, some of the more major things are easier to forgive than some of the smaller ones. I don't know why that is. And maybe I'm the only one on the planet, but sometimes I find that I suffer with the smaller things than the larger things. And I think for people where the offense is tied to their identity may be the cause of that. Now, this thought is just coming into my head, so I'm going to let it up. If we were to ask why the offense is so major, is it because we feel personally um, a personal assault on our character or malignment? And somebody says we're a certain way. An example might be they say that I'm a liar or they say that um, that I go around gossiping or something like, you know, these are not major things, but, you know, I would never share 
something that's in confidence. I would never share something that goes up. So now they're saying something that I take personally as a character um, assault on me. Now, what do I do with that? You know, I would like to think, I would say, you know what? Let me break it down and keep it simple. Am I blocking myself from the fruit of the spirit? You know, it may be just a matter of saying, yes, I am, oh Lord, I forgive this person and you'll handle it however you see fit, I'm letting it go. Now that may not, that may work for an hour, that may work for a week, that may not work at all. But if I release forgiveness, and this is how I phrase it in my mind where I find out that I'm taking a proactive stance and say I release forgiveness to this person, I know that basically I'm saying myself to myself, hands off, you've done it, let it go, hands off. Um, and the more you practice the hands off, that you're not going to pick it up again, the more easier it'll become for people. Um, I know that everybody has a different journey and everybody's gone through things, but this is something that's helped me. Um, I'm trying to say process um, unforgiveness, you know, and, you know, work it as how you will. It's an important aspect that the Bible has shared that we've read uh, several verses from that God does want you to forgive others. He doesn't want you having that darkness inside you. And, and by that, I mean that unforgiveness, just it colors, it colors things. You can become more cynical, you can become bitter, you can become unloving, or you can start taking accounts of people. Well, so-and-so did this, so that means this person is going to do this because they act in a similar manner. So you start judging in a wrong way. You know, you start putting people in boxes. And the Lord doesn't want you to live that way. He doesn't. He wants you to be able to move freely in the things he wants to give you to advance the kingdom for his namesake so that he's honored and glorified. I want to camp on the fruit of the spirit. That word patience, that's an interesting word. A lot of times in a lot of, in a lot of translations, the word long suffering is used instead of patience. And I think that that's one of those words that it really gives a different light to patience and to what extent we are called into patience. You know, I think a, a good barometer, if you're in a situation where you are reacting in a certain way or you are called not to react in a certain way, if you are wondering where you are falling on the barometer, a good question to ask yourself is, which one of the fruit of the Spirit am I displaying right now? And be honest about that. Uh, we can strive to do these things, you know, hey, look at me, I, I can, I'm patient. Hey, look at me, I, you know, I chose, I'm gonna let you know that I chose not to react to this thing, but I need you to know that, that I didn't react to, that sort of thing, right? Where the origin point of it is the self. And I think that there is a very direct correlation that can be drawn in a very direct um, observation 
that if you're willing to look at it, you can find 10 times out of 10 when it comes to these things. If you are striving to do whatever it is, you know, yes, there's effort, but there's a difference between effort and trying to strive for accomplishing one of the uh, attributes of the fruit of the spirit. Those are two different things. Um, and, and I think that when there's honest forgiveness, wholehearted forgiveness, you know, yes, we need to throw the disclaimer out there that usually needs to be said during talks about forgiveness. Don't keep yourself in a dangerous situation. That's never what the point is. If there's never a point of being in a bad situation, all because somebody on a podcast told you to do it or all because some your, you know, your pastor told you, whatever. Okay, if you're in danger, get out of it. But regardless of how personal it is, and I mean this, trust me, I mean this, regardless of how personal it is, there's you can keep yourself out of harm's way and keep yourself out of danger and all of those things. And I'll even go one further and say that just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you need to, I don't know, hang out with them every week. Or, you know, stay in active communication with that person sort of thing. Um, but ultimately, you can... the That's can all take place within the confines of you making the active choice to release forgiveness. And to, to be able to provide that opportunity um, for you and for the, the other person. You know... Um, and that's hard. That's really hard, especially for those of us that have a complicated backstory. You know what I mean? Yes, there's a level of complication to everybody's back backstory, but you all know what I mean. You know, that can get that that can become um, a game of, yeah, but you don't know my story. Yeah, but you don't know what they did. Yeah, but you don't know what this person was like. Um. And, you know, we can we can sit here and easily, without more than five minutes worth of work put into it, probably come up with a hundred different Bible verses that have something to do with forgive because you have been forgiven. Or just forgive, you know, forgive people. That's, that's what we're called to do. And I think that that part of that is God understands that we are human and that we are going to miss the mark. And when we bring God into it and forgive them, we are advancing the kingdom even if it's even if it's a one-way street, I don't know if that makes sense. Even if you're the only person who is engaging God in the situation and that that's what I mean by one-way street, you're still engaging God and you can't control what the other person, I remember being a kid and, and I had temper issues as a kid and I would always hear from people, you can't control how other people react. You can only control how you react. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, that was the last thing I wanted to hear as a kid. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Whenever I would go to Sunday school and they would say, turn the other cheek, I'd be like, what? So they can hit your other one? No. You know what I mean? Like I totally not getting it. I was a kid, you know, not, it wasn't, it wasn't presented the right way. I didn't take it the right, all of those things. 
But I remember hearing that even into my teenage years and even into my 20s of like, no, I'm going to I'm going to focus on defending myself. And I think that that's worth saying because I think sometimes the wires get crossed where we think that we need to defend ourselves and that giving forgiveness is giving a person a pass. Dallas Willard calls it letting somebody off the hook. Because honestly, that's it, that is what you're doing. Doesn't mean that you have to stay there and, like I said, stay in a bad way and all of those kinds of things. But ultimately, when you surrender that animosity, those bad feelings at the foot of the cross, you are releasing it to God. And I, that's why I love those words that you use, release, because that's exactly what you're doing. Because, you know, we want to grab it immediately out of the out of the sky. And, you know, it's like we, we, you know, threw the ball up in the air and, you know, we're ready to catch it again when it comes to forgiveness or baggage or whatever. I'm going to go on a different page now, because as you were speaking, I reread the, the verses of, of the fruit of the spirit. Uh, and I'll read it this way. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to add one word when I read it a second time and then convey the thought that came out as we, as you were sharing Joe, but the Holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And there is no law against these things. As you were sharing, I've always re read this verse differently. Now, let me reread it with the one word added. Um, but the indwelling Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Every time prior to now that I've ever read this, I always just automatically think of the Holy Spirit as an external personality not indwelling me but that's in essence what is happening here from the inside of you him indwelling you he's doing these things he's partaking in your life and he's generating this fruit in your life it is not something of pie in the sky god doing it is the intimacy of the holy spirit that works this from within and I think that's very key for how we can think of the transformation. So if we look to the way we want to live our lives with the Lord, we can basically come up with a wonderful vision or goal that we would like it to be. You know, to be able to talk to him freely, to be able to share things, to be able to sing before him, you know, to be able to read his word and get all these wonderful things out of it, to be able to pray and see things fulfilled, not for our glory, but so that he would be glorified and honored. There is something that happens when we say, what kind of relationship would you like with the Lord? we and ourselves would think of what it is. We can almost say, these are the things I would like in my life as a 
um, growing Christian, a mature Christian, an indwelt Christian. So these are things that we can figure out for ourselves. And I see myself doing this right now as we speak. And seeing not only that there's a bit of distance, but also that there's a path to that goal. It's not like a chasm. Oh, I will never get there. If you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, he will give you the vision to move forward. And this is just hard to do if there's unforgiveness because we've already built barriers to this can't happen. So this that becomes a normal pattern. And we do that through all our life. This is the corrupt world. I know this that has been a pattern in my life. I can't do this. It's too hard. You know, I'm going to fail. All these things. And sometimes in instances like this, I find that the person that I need to forgive might be myself. Yeah. You know, that, yes, I made mistakes. I have regrets. But I have this wonderful tool called repentance. And repentance allows me to go before the Lord and say, I've done major wrong in your eyes. Now, again, that could be different levels. But, Lord, I ask that you would forgive me and that you would help me to move on. And as I enter into that forgiveness of the Lord, I'm able to move on. Now, if I am not entering into that, you know, odds are I'm not going to pray that way. I know where there's points where I'm like, you know, the, the the person who, you know, puts his heels in the ground to refuse to move forward. Um, and I've seen that that doesn't bear much fruit. And that kind of stubbornness, and I'm talking about myself, is something that really needs to be spoken to. And, 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 um, brought before the Lord, why am I stubborn? Why am I doing this? And sometimes, maybe rarely, I will find that that stubbornness is a sense of protection against something. Where I have to go in and say, you know what, I have this item that I don't want to move forward in. Maybe there's a fear associated with unforgiveness. I'm trying to think of an example that I can bring up for this because it's, this is a little complicated and I think it may help one or two people. If we have been like um, mistreated by a group of people, you can pick any class of people, rich, poor, a particular ethnicity, um, a nationality, we can tend to be stubborn against those people. Like, I won't make friends with them. I won't make friends with anyone of that class or that um, qualifi qualification, is that the right word? Characteristic, whatever. Um, and so I build a hardness in my heart. For people who have done nothing wrong to me, it was individuals. And so why did I do that? because something terrible happened um, and I've developed what would be called a prejudice and it could be against different traits. So what do I do about that? 
I think for those kinds of situations, there really needs to be, and I'm, I'm talking from my life, there really needs to be an investigation of why do I want to hold on to that? Why is this important to me? Well, I think you're, I think you're touching on um, something very important. And I think you're putting lyrics to something that I was trying to convey earlier. Now, um, I think that this past year, let's start, I'm going to start abstract and then get personal for a minute. I think this past year has been an, uh, a, a master's level presentation of how easy it is to for the for the the mass collective to come against a particular type a particular person a particular group that kind of thing be it conservatives be it republicans be it cops be it people that think that cops are bad be it whatever you could find whatever line that you want now like i said getting a little bit personal more personal for a moment maybe Maybe your prejudice is against that. You know, a lot of people don't like the word don't like the word father when it comes to God, generally because of complicated histories. And you experience a thing, and so it it still provides that scar tissue. You know, I know that provides is is an odd word to use there, but that's exactly what it does. You know, these situations that come up, they create scar tissue for the person. And so different words, different situations, they they become um, sore spots and and become a source of um, manifestation of how you're going to handle further situations with that person or with that group of people or whatever, you know, and, and again, this could be, you know, it, if, if you're talking to somebody who's in a lower uh, financial class, it's going to be the people in the higher financial class. If it's the people in the higher financial class, it's going to be the people in the lower financial class. If it's this group, it's going to be that group. And like I said, you can put whatever it is there in that characteristic pool. You can also put whatever relationship that you want into that pool you know we talked we talked about before when when we were talking about judgment uh over the summer we had discussed when when we judge a person right what are you doing you're holding that person at arm's length and you are withholding from them the gospel right and it's that same idea straight across the board if you're looking at a particular group and you are holding back from them then whether or not you are actively admitting it or actively aware of it you are holding or withholding from them any potential for for pushing forward the kingdom of the gospel and 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 the thing to keep in mind as far as all of that goes is is that the gospel is about more than words it's not just about preaching at a person. It's not just about, hey, pray the sinner's prayer with me. No, the gospel is is action 
as well. The gospel is life on life stuff. You know what I mean? When you get life on life, it gets mighty complicated mighty quickly. And, you know, this, if you extrapolate this idea out, you know, I, I don't normally say this on, on the air, but I, I feel the need to camp here and, and keep coming back to this because I feel like somebody needs to hear this. That, yeah, that means mom and dad too. That means uncle so-and-so too. That means brother, sister. That means familial too. And again, the, the, the safety thing, but the conversation needs to move past that, right? Because if you are, if you are forgiving that person and you are releasing that, A, God doesn't want you holding on to that baggage. For the love of everything, God does not want you holding on to that. There's a, that's a, that's heavy carry on. I know it's, it's hard to let that one go. But at the same token, you are showing somebody the heart of God in that moment. Whoever that is, it's on the other side. If you reach for that first, you are showing somebody the authentic heart of God. And there's power in that because you don't know what that's going to do on down the line. Even if you don't see it immediately. Again, we've said throwing seeds, throwing seeds, throwing seeds. That's what our job is. But especially if it's somebody that like there's, it's personal. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's really, it's not just a particular group on Facebook. It's not just this, this, you know, economic class, you know, it's their personal investment in what has happened. Then generally speaking, that's going to hold more weight. You know, you're not doing it because you want to look good because it's holding weight for you. No, it's, it's holding weight for God. It's it's pushing forward the kingdom. It's displaying God to in a situation where where your actions, your words, are going to hold more weight as Christ's representative. You know, and yes, that same that same um, authority, that same you know uh, position, could be used for destruction at the all at the same time. And, and I think that it's. When we, when we forgive, no matter how big or how small or how justified or how big the hurt is or whatever, whatever the variables and the details look like is what I'm trying to say. We are never called to withhold the gospel from anybody. One of the things that came out that you, you were talking about, and I had the thought first, and I was holding on to it because I didn't want to forget. And then you actually started speaking about it. You know, we can think about this as a good thing, meaning that I'm giving forgiveness so that I can give, because that person may benefit from knowing me. I'm a computer expert, or I teach languages, or I um, do things that, you know, people in relationships like, you know, laughter and all that stuff. And then we could also take it up higher uh, to a great thing that we can allow people to see the indwelling God in us. And what's the neat thing is that a person can see the transformative work occurring in your life 
you know, an example might be, you know, when you forgave me, I thought you would hold it against me, but I can't believe we're best friends now. Something like that shows a marker of God's grace. Um, and it has nothing to do with you per se, but it has to do everything with the indwelling God in you. Right. Um, when you love your enemies, you know, I think forgiveness becomes an aspect of that. And I've read Corrie Ten Boom's uh, biography and her sister Betsy was so good at this, it was unreal. Uh, she would forgive the Nazi soldiers that imprisoned her and her sister, where her father and some other relatives died. And she forgave them as though it were second nature. She prayed for them that they would have a meeting with God. Corrie Ten Boom struggled with this, even to the point where many years later, um, she actually met one of the Nazi soldiers that she remembered. And she had to make a decision. It wasn't a work, but a decision to be true to what the gospel says. And she offered her hand in a handshake and gave forgiveness to this man. And she felt the release within her. That's the kind of thing that we're talking about. This restorative work within you that goes on as you offer forgiveness. You let go of the things that the world has scarred you with and you hold on or you receive the things that God wants to give you. God wants to put this as part of, I'm gonna put it this way, as part of your personality where you don't have to think about doing it. You're not filling a checklist. You're not you know, going through these calculations. You're just saying, you know, love is flowing out. I am actually living the second commandment that Christ spoke about, love others. And it is because we're loving God. We're pursuing God. And He, at the same time, is indwelling us. So there's that symbiosis, that, that connection that allows us to really enter into I'm going to say a spiritual, maybe supernatural might be a better word, aspect of God indwelling man, where we rise above seeing things in the earthly to seeing things in the heavenly. Would I want to go to heaven knowing that I have unforgiveness that I could have given out? No, of course not. Does that mean I'll still hold on to things? I hope not, but odds are there's still some things that God's going to surface up. And, you know, you may go through a season of that. Welcome it. Be honest. Bring it up. Bring it before the Lord. Talk to him about it. Say, I want to hold on to this because so-and-so did that. And then the Lord will speak to you. And as he produces that fruit in you, you will start to develop that sense. You know what? This is like the equivalent to junk food. You know, this is like the toxic food. This is like the food you find out has been recalled and you've already eaten it. Um, there are many things to be said about granting forgiveness, but there is an old adage, to err is human, to forgive divine. And I think when we think of forgiveness as a God trait, we may be more willing to pick it up 
than we think of it as something that a human has to do. God gives us the strength and the ability to forgive. The only reason why we understand forgiveness in the first place is because of God. So the beauty becomes that it's not about us. It's not about us pulling something out of our bag of tricks like we like we're carrying around a sword, right? And that, you know, given the given the topic, I'm not sure that's the best analogy, but it's the best one I have right now. That we've got this sword, right? And we I think we think of it sometimes as forgiveness is God helping us with the strength to grab our sword. No, no. God is handing us a sword <laughs> that is not ours to carry around. And, and it's it, it it comes out of the place and the strength and the, the ability and all of these things to, to do all of this and to engage here is so not about us and so about displaying him that the more that we engage there, the more it becomes just, oh, wait, I can, okay, I did this and God met me here. And the specifics are going to look specific to your situation. That's why they're called specifics. But you, you engage, oh, I engage here. Okay, cool. All right, so we did this, and and suddenly I feel better. I said, I had that release, this this supernatural, because it is it's supernatural. It's a divine thing that's happening, takes place. Okay, it still isn't easy for me to think like this and for this to be my natural choice, but I'm going to decide to go here the next time that this happens. And you go there, and then the next time you go there, and the next time, and so on and so forth. And this is everything from in traffic to the worst offenses. That, that when we show up there, it becomes second nature and because you're engaging in the kingdom, because you are you're, you are reshaping your mind by engaging with Holy Spirit. Because like we were talking about before, the human instinct is to go to your own selfish perspective of judgment. Because we're always the last, who's the last person who thinks that they need judgment, the criminal. That's, that's people. I, I, so the more that we engage there, the more that we're engaging with the kingdom, the more that we're reshaping our mind, and that's these are byproducts, not of us making a concerted effort, or uh, it's, it's of us engaging God and engaging in, in his will, engaging in, in the divine presence of being in relationship with God. And I hope that as we close out on this, that is a distinction that makes sense. Do not get lost in the trap that the enemy wants you to get lost in of the self of trying to unpack all of the different aspects of this and, and how this affects with the human mind. And, you know, and eventually you will talk your way out of forgiveness if you get, if you get stuck there. Or think that it's, you know, all about you and it's just God is the ancillary character and all of this. No, it's all about God and you are the ancillary character and all of this. Father, I thank you for all the listeners. Father, right now I just pray for them. Father, their hearts would be encouraged to draw close to you. Father, that they would feel your indwelling produced a fruit. Father, I thank you for them. I thank you for the journey they're on and the goals that they've set for themselves, Father, because I believe some have said, you know what, I'll take the challenge. 
of uh, looking at what I want my mature Christian life to look like so that I can draw near to God. It's about you. It's not about us, Father. It's not about any individual on the planet. It's about you and how you desire to indwell us, to be with us, to take care of us, to strengthen us, to love us, Father. Thank you for your forgiveness that makes everything possible. We hold on to you. And I pray a blessing on each and every listener that they would feel your manifest presence, that they'd be able to pursue glorifying and honoring you, honoring you with their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.